0: Join us for our free online webinar on how to apply this amazing process to your gardens and fruit trees. Visit urbanfarm.org to sign up. That's urbanfarm.org. Do you want to save money at the grocery store? Eat more organic, whole foods? Cultivate food security and feel more connected to the earth? If so, then growing your own food is a no-brainer. You wouldn't believe how many people come to me claiming that they can't grow their own food
1: With you every step of the way, here's your host, Greg Peterson.
0: Today on the Urban Farm Podcast, we have Ping Hunze of the American Horticulture Society to talk about her experience with encouraging children to garden. Ping is currently Member Programs Associate for the American Horticulture Society, where she coordinates national garden programs, including the annual National Children and Youth Garden Symposium for educators and others who work to connect kids with plants and the natural world. She has an MS in Natural Resources with a focus in environmental education and has worked on a variety of organic farms and garden projects around the country. When not in the office at the American Horticulture Society, she enjoys beekeeping at River Farm, the society's garden headquarters outside of Washington, D.C., Welcome to the show today, Ping.
2: Hey, Greg. Thanks for having me.
0: Oh, my gosh. I'm excited you're here, especially to talk about kids and gardening. So I shared a bit about you. Can you fill in the blanks for us and share more about the path you took to get where you're at now?
2: Sure. So I, would, I grew up in a suburban area, and yeah, so I have always been interested in you know, sort of the natural world and always enjoyed spending a lot of time outside, but I wasn't really sure... You know, what exactly I might want to do with that, um uh-huh. you know, quote unquote, when I grow up. Oh, yes. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, like, what do you want to do when you grow up? It's like, you know, play outside. um
0: Nice.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, we kind of wanted to find a way to be able to do that. And I ended up, uh you know, majoring in zoology for and, oh, wow. and my undergraduate. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I picked up a minor in botany uh, my senior year, and I just loved it. And, um, I just had a really good time with that, and then I actually ended up getting um, my master's degree in natural resources, but with a focus in environmental education. Oh, and, beautiful. Yeah, which is just great, because you get to spend all day just talking about the things that mm-hmm. make you excited and sharing that with people. And I spent some time on a variety of organic farms and different garden projects around the country, and I was just really interested in you know, how gardens can really serve as a gateway to get people you know, outside and learning about some of those different things. Oh yes, um, of course. Yeah, and so then I um, landed at the American Horticultural Society and was able to do a lot of that, you know, garden education and getting people outside. And you know, the garden is really just a just a microcosm of the larger ecosystem.
0: Oh yeah. Um, Say more about so. that, would you? What's that mean?
2: Oh yeah, sorry. So, um, I think you can teach people a lot. I think the garden is a really great place to start for a lot of people if you're going to be mm-hmm. talking about large ecological principles because you can see a lot you can see and touch a lot of those things that mm. you know you're not going to be able to get everyone out to the mountains to see you know the bear eating the salmon uh-huh. <laughs> um right. but yeah but in a garden you can talk about you know see like oh you know you see how this caterpillar is feeding on this plant here and then you know this bee is pollinating this flower, and then the flower gets a benefit from the bee there. Oh, and, right. You know, just talking about all of those interactions between the plants and animals, and it's something that people can see, and they can see why it matters as well on a larger scale. Because, you know, it's like, oh, well, this is important because you know this garden is going to feed you, or you mm-hmm.
0: know, provide
2: those beautiful flowers that you like to look at when you're walking on your way out. And uh, it well, really, it, it really
0: shows the circle of life there.
2: Yeah, exactly. Um,
0: Fantastic. So you specifically work with kids. Why is it so important that kids get into gardening?
2: Yeah, I think, you know, there's just so many, there's been a lot written about this, you know, especially recently about, you know, Richard Louvre with, you know, the Last Child in the Woods and, you know, just the ideas of um The ecologist E.O. Wilson. I'm sure you've heard of the term biophilia. Oh yes. Um, Yeah, (laughs) of course. But you know, that's just that idea that humans are naturally drawn to life and naturally drawn to nature, and that we we need that for. You know, I think it's interesting. Like on a fundamental level, obviously we need plants, um, just because you know they're the initial Mm -hmm. organisms that harness energy from the sun and provide that on Earth, and they feed us, and just on those really basic needs levels. But you know, there's a lot of research being done as well about how gardens and plants can influence our spiritual and emotional Mm well-being as well so you know it's really like a holistic um whole person um thing that's important for people to be outside and be around living other living things Mm -hmm. and i think the garden can serve like i said before you know as a gateway for a lot of other things so it's also about you know you can teach kids a lot of different things in the garden, so, you know, using it as, and, you know, the obvious thing that a lot of people think about is teaching kids about, you know, nutrition and eating healthy, and um, then about, like, different science and math topics, but there's a lot of work being done as well to do other interdisciplinary lessons with, you know, incorporating, like, literature in the garden, Um, and also, you know, social skills, like, kids have to work together to help grow the garden and growing that teamwork, and just, Um, all sorts of things. And I think the great thing about plants and gardens, Mm -hmm. too, is that it's something that you can have in every setting. So, you know, it might be a kid in an urban school where it's mostly concrete, but, you know, you can grow at least a little plant inside, you know, on the windowsill.
0: Yeah. You you used a word that uh, isn't often heard out in our culture. Uh, And I actually have a degree. My bachelor's degree is a bachelor's of interdisciplinary studies. Oh, okay, yeah, and yeah. you used that word interdisciplinary a moment ago. Can you speak to that and how it how it really focuses on on gardens?
2: Yeah, um, yeah, I think the garden is really the ideal place for that because you know growing food is sort of the fundamental activity of our civilization in a in a way, mm-hmm. right um because you know that's kind of how we got to where we are today and yeah. how we have the types of societies that we do and fundamentally gardening is something that's interdisciplinary you have to know about a lot of subjects yeah you know you can't just you can't go in or you can't go in as a specialist but you have to know about some other types of things too if you only know about you know one type of plant you're not going to be able to grow what you mm. need or, or if you don't know about you know how to engineer an irrigation system or, right if you don't know about you know how to work with other people to um, you know, grow your garden together, um, you have to be able to do all of those things and be able to relate all of those subjects together and understand, you know, we talked about ecology earlier, you know, like, well, mm-hmm. how do these organisms interact with each other? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know.
0: Wow, cool. Yeah, yeah. people yeah. don't hear that very often. My, my actual, I have a botany degree as part of my interdisciplinary studies degree okay. from Arizona State University. I went back to school late. Uh, I went back and got my bachelor's degree uh, in 2004 and then a master's in environmental planning in 2006 oh, nice. yeah so it's been uh yeah. you know, for me it was uh, as an, as you know a 40 year old adult i was getting these and it was very fascinating for me to learn about the notion of interdisciplinary and it made perfect sense to me because i studied permaculture you know i okay. say permaculture yeah. is the art and science of working with nature so and mm. you know in nature we don't just use sociology In nature, we don't just use biology. You know, we use all kinds of things um, to, you know, help address what's going on. So I loved it that you used that word. Thank you for that.
2: Yeah. Thank you for being excited about
0: it. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) So one of the things that I have found, and I want to kind of check in with you on this. One of the things I have found is that if a young person grows something, they're going to eat it. And actually, to even take that further, what I've found that if a young person comes into my front yard and I show it where show them where it came from, and I pull up the carrot up out of the garden and hand it to them, they're always going to eat it. Is have you seen that to be the case?
2: Yeah, it's it's really interesting that you say that because across the board, you know, we've really found that to be the case. And when you talk to other teachers, um, you know, it's always for some reason there's just you know something about that experience of you know growing. I think for one thing when a kid grows something themselves you know they have that mm. sense of pride and ownership yeah. and it's like this is something that I've watched you know come up from this tiny seed and it's you know it's, it's a miracle it's like this it tiny really little, is, like little rock yeah know? and then like you said even if it's you know just coming across it and uh, I love one of the teachers told us this story about you know like showing her kids like pulling a carrot up out of the ground and they're like why did you hide those in the ground
0: <laughs> <laughs> I like, kind love that
2: yeah it's like what are you doing like why did you put this down there and just like having that you know being able to tell them about that miracle of, like no this is where they grow they grew out of the ground there
0: yeah i think
2: wow. that's really cool. appealing
0: so ping tell us about the national children and youth garden symposium
2: sure so it's an annual event um held by the american horticultural society mm-hmm. and it's for people who work with kids in gardening from all across the country in a variety of capacities, so, you know, we get classroom teachers and, you know, quote-unquote informal educators um, who work in a lot of different types of places, but also people who are, you know, coordinating educational programs or, you know, landscape architects who are designing children's gardens. Wow. Um, Yeah, so it's an interesting mix of people, and we usually get, you know, a few hundred people from around the country, and it's just, you know, a few days for them to, for everybody to get together and learn about best practices in the field. What kinds of things are new and going on, and um, see different things that are happening in different parts of the country as mm-hmm. well. Different youth gardening projects. Cool. So,
0: mm-hmm. what is it exactly?
2: Yeah, it's uh, a four-day symposium. Um, so we have field trips, and it's um, it's a professional development event, you know, ah. essentially. But uh, uh-huh. so there's field trips and educational sessions and keynote speakers and you know, just sort of a, it's a sort of a train-the-trainer event. Oh, you know, so
0: nice.
2: Yeah, so we're, you know, working to teach or, you know, continue the education of the people who are then going out back to their communities and yeah. teaching kids about gardening.
0: Got it. So it isn't 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 a symposium for youth. It's a symposium for adults, and there might be some youth there, uh, but it's really to get them trained in how to most effectively reach out to youth
2: yeah exactly wow yeah
0: cool and it's been around for 25 years
2: yeah yes
0: wow and when are the dates what are the dates of it
2: um it's usually in july every year so next year it'll be um july 12th through 15th and it's going to be in the greater portland oregon and vancouver washington area those two cities are adjacent to each other so yeah yeah but yeah, like you mentioned, it'll be the 25th anniversary next year, um, which is really exciting. It's been going on for a while.
0: Wow, so. cool. How has yeah. it evolved over the years?
2: Yeah, it's really interesting. You know, I was talking to our executive director about this, because um, he's been involved with it a little bit longer than me, uh-huh. and he said something really interesting to me. I thought, he said, you know, in the beginning we were doing what we felt was right, and now we know it's right. And, you mm. know, I think there's... Yeah, that's a, lot a powerful of, statement. Yeah, I I thought that was really interesting because I've kind of, you know, I went to school for environmental education and you know, spent a lot of time, you know, looking at research papers that quantify the benefits of, you know, environmental education and being outside um, on kids and so, you know, it would say, you know, oh, we saw, you know, 20% reduction in obesity rates or da da, da you know, like all these numbers mm-hmm. um, that are that are really powerful and that are important but you know he was saying you know when they first when this event first began you know people were like you know i think this is the right thing to do i see these things anecdotally happening in my community like i think you know i feel that it's important and another thing is just you know being some of those specialized uh more specialized groups in the beginning that really Uh were focused you know specifically on you know youth gardening or agriculture Mm -hmm. um like and uh now it's become you know we're talking about interdisciplinary earlier yeah, there are a lot of different groups where I think it's, it's a topic that's gaining a lot of popularity very quickly, and there's a lot of different groups that are getting interested in it and saying, you know, like, oh, I'm not a gardening group, but I work with kids and I'm really interested in, you know, what we can do to work with you to incorporate a garden into our program, even if it's maybe like a sports program or, right. you know, those types of things. Oh,
0: so, interesting you should say that. I work with a group here in town called Heart for the City in Phoenix, Arizona, and mm-hmm. they're a sports organization. Um, they have uh, sports for at-risk youth and two years ago they added a garden program
2: oh interesting yeah okay yeah
0: that's very interesting so uh, are we seeing more and more of that
2: um i think so again you know i think that's an area that um could maybe use a little more quantification you know as far as like oh yes this many programs across the country but we've noticed a lot of you know session we so we put out a call for sessions for people to present at the symposium every year and it's interesting because you'll see kind of some of those trends in the number of sessions that get proposed on a certain topic uh-huh. and there's a lot of stuff coming in now about you know different types of partnerships that you can set up mm. um you know between like public and private groups or oh, between yeah. groups that don't have anything or that don't necessarily you wouldn't think have the same topic area focus as you but it's like you know Oh well, like, okay, can we come do yoga in the garden or
0: oh nice um,
2: yeah, incorporating those all those different aspects and really recognizing you know some of the holistic aspects again um of you know education or
3: mm-hmm.
2: that it's not just I think that's something you see just in general in education uh you know realizing that it's not just about like how can you score on a test but it's about you know every, everything that you need to be a function like a, a, a well fun- high-functioning human being. Yeah.
0: Growing, okay. growing pun intended, growing a more yeah. f- high-functioning <laughs> human being, right?
2: Exactly. Yeah, yeah.
0: exactly. Wow. Yeah. So you kind of mentioned who this symposium is for. Um, let's dig a little bit deeper in that. So I'm a, you know, I'm an urban farmer and I teach urban mm-hmm. farming here in Phoenix. Would it be for me or is it primarily academics?
2: No, it's primarily practitioners, I would say. Oh, um, nice. Yeah, uh, so it's mostly i would say mostly on the ground educators so that can include you know classroom teachers who have a school garden but it can also be someone who runs a nonprofit program that you know like gets does like summer camps with kids or like county extension agents
3: mm-hmm.
2: um people who are botanical garden education staff or you know all sorts of all sorts of walks of life and definitely we would love to have you yeah. And I think, again, you know, you do get those. It's interesting because it's people from all over the country. You get people who are like, oh, yeah, I live in a a rural area and we just go out. And, you know, the kids are familiar with a lot of these concepts already and we do things with them. And then people who are in cities who are like, you know, I just have my little straw bale garden, like out in this little patch of asphalt. Mm -hmm. So people who are doing all sorts of different growing projects like that. Oh,
0: cool. So what if... For for me or really for anybody, for our listeners, what would be the uh, benefit of them being involved?
2: Yeah, I think this again kind of gets into the uh, – one of the best, best things about the symposium, I think, is mm-hmm. the community. And um, mm. I got an interesting comment from someone um, where they're saying, you know, I think a lot of times people who work in this field can end up feeling sort of isolated. Like you feel like you're the only person working on – what you're doing or that you're the only person who yeah. thinks it's important that you know you're like oh, i feel like i'm just working on this program and no one else is really getting it or why mm-hmm. it's important and they were like you know webinars are great and you know there's so much information out there now but it's really refreshing to come to a place where everyone yeah you know has those goals and you can kind of share what you're doing and have that shared sense of purpose yeah and then go back and <laughs> you know kind of be working to yeah promoting that in your community I
0: I wonder if people get re-energized and then take it home with them do you see that happening
2: yes that's um that's a word that gets used a lot I think uh, yeah, sort of,
0: very
2: yeah re-energized yeah.
0: and I, I can get that because I work here in Phoenix on this stuff and it's I've been doing it for 41 years and it's arduous Yeah. You know, <laughs> getting people to figure out how to grow food and you know it is a uphill hike just about every day still here so mm-hmm. you know i look for places where i can get re-energized so that is so cool so y- you mentioned this year that it's in portland
2: yeah it's gonna be in the greater portland area
0: nice and do um, do you normally you know you move it every year
2: yeah so it moves to a different location uh, around the u.s every year so mm-hmm. this this year it was in columbia south carolina
0: oh um, nice
2: yeah, so very different, um very different area. Yeah. But it's really great because for one thing we get to reach people in different areas of the country. You know, there's there's a number of people who come, you know, every year or they'll come pretty regularly, but for some people, you know, it's a lot of traveling um and they can only come if it's in the area where right. they are. Uh-huh. So we got a we got a lot of new people this year. It was the first year it's ever been in either of the Carolinas. Um oh yeah which i thought was very cool and so we got a lot of new people from the southeastern region and then it's also just a way to show people what's going on in different parts of the country yeah Um, you know it's like some parts of like we were in austin texas the year before that um which again is very different and uh you know in austin they've done a lot of work on incorporating school gardens and outdoor education into the
0: general haven't they
2: yeah, into the general like district-wide policy, and it's not necessarily the same in Columbia, South Carolina. So it's good for people to see different models of ways to do yeah. things. Yeah,
0: yeah. fantastic. Yeah. So, I had this flash. How many of these have you attended?
2: How many have I attended? Yeah, I've attended three. Three. You know?
0: So, think back to all three of them and tell me something really, really cool. That you remember from one of them.
2: Oh, <laughs> that's a hard question. Uh huh. Um, yeah, because it's a. I think I think it's a great event. There is a school that we went to in Columbia, South Carolina, this year.
3: Uh huh. That's
2: just do. just doing amazing things. Um, it's called the Barclay School, and it's for students who learn differently or have, you know, different special needs. Uh huh but it really incorporates a lot of the things that we've been talking about as far as like holistic interdisciplinary education. Mm-hmm. Um, so it started as a school. She was, her goal was it was for it to be a school just for students with dyslexia or like different learning disabilities. Right. And she started getting all these parents coming to her who were like, you know, my, my kid is not doing well in a traditional school setting. Mm. They have, you know, X issue. Like, can you please take them? Um, just cause they were seeing what she was doing with her students. Um, and you know, they wanted their kid to be there. And they just moved to a new campus. It's out, um, kind of out in the country, but it's it actually is, was an old farm, so it's repurposed. Oh, nice. And, yeah. <laughs> so they really try and integrate the garden into you know all everything that they do. Uh-huh. Um, as far as you know, just just different topics. And some of the students they have you know, have different um, things just where like they don't like to get dirty or you know yeah. they they don't really like to be outside. And they really you know try and meet the kids where they are, and uh, you know the kids just. Really thrive, but they did like they just do different projects, um like they had school rabbits and
3: oh yeah. they,
2: yeah, and you know, so it's like again, you can kind of see that cycle of life thing where they right. would collect the the rabbit poop and then make it into fertilizer for right. the garden,, uh-huh. and then they call it Bunny's brew, and um,
0: oh nice. The,
2: yeah, and then they would sell that so the students were also learning about creating their own business mm. because they had to do you know like all of the production and all yeah. you know like the bookkeeping and the selling and you know learning how to market their product and saying like oh yeah you know we've used it in our school garden it's worked really well but it's really you know just talking to the students there um, just what a difference it's made being in a place yeah. like that where it's really a holistic approach and they get to like be out in the garden all day and be learning science in the garden as opposed to just from a textbook <laughs> sitting in a
0: chair. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. How cool is that? So you have another project I wanted you to talk about briefly uh, the great American gardeners awards. Tell us about that.
2: Yeah. So it's an annual awards program and it's, you know, a national program as well. So people submit nominations for different people and organizations all over the country And it spans, uh, you know, quite a few gardening topics. So there's the Urban Beautification Award for people who are working on, you know, gardening projects in cities. Oh, right. And then the Jane Taylor Award, which is for, you know, youth gardening projects. And, you know, we have uh, what's called the Policky Junior Commercial Award, which is actually for, you know, like companies who are doing work to, you know, promote high standards in horticulture. And it's really nice because, again, you know, it's, Sometimes, you know, it's just nice to know that your work is being recognized. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, I, you know, I, I think I don't always even realize like how meaningful it is to people um, until you talk to them after they've gotten the award. Uh-huh. Um, but, you know, it's it's nice because you're recognizing what people are doing and then you're also holding that up as an example for other people. And it's nice, again, because it is such a you know widespread range of subjects um, mm-hmm. that you can really show off all of those different projects that are happening around the country. Cool.
0: So if somebody wanted to nominate somebody for the Great American Gardeners Awards, where would they find information on that?
2: Yeah. So if you go to our website, um, AHS, uh, like American Horticultural Society, um, Uh ahs.org slash awards.
0: Oh, very good. Um,
2: Yeah. And then uh, you'll see some different subheadings and there'll be yeah think about the great american gardeners award
0: great and we'll have that posted on our uh, show notes page on our website
2: okay perfect cool
0: so i'm going to shift on you and i'd like for you to talk about a time you failed how you overcame that failure and what you might have learned from it
2: yeah i was thinking about this i worked at uh it was called i don't know if you've heard of the catholic worker organization before i have we said okay, yeah, I thought you may have. Um so I was working at a Catholic worker house and one thing that they really emphasize is, you know, like meaningful work and this one mm. really emphasized like growing your own food. Nice. Um, so we did a lot of garden projects and we would do sort of, you know, regular like for to call them like cafes, you know, for people in the community who you might be homeless or might just not, you know, have a place to get a regular meal. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, you provide a meal in the afternoon and you can get really ambitious where, you know, you're like, oh, we want everyone to eat healthy and we want them to enjoy all this garden fresh produce. And it's going to be great. And everyone's going to immediately be on board and love it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, of course. Yeah. Right. And, you know, you don't always have that. And you would get like donations from local grocery stores, which is great. But you would get things that were maybe, you know, like not you know, very icing, nutritious. Yes, like not very nutrient-dense, how about that? Um, And those would be the things that would, you know, go first. And I think, you know, I learned a lot about working with people, you know, there as opposed to working, Mm. like working on people, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, because you have to meet people where
0: they are. Right. Say say a little bit more about that because that's an important important concept working with people rather than working on them.
2: Yeah. And I think you know a lot of it is just about talking to people and finding out where they where they are. You know, you talk about meeting them where they are, well it's like first you have to know where they are. Right. And we discovered, you know, some of the reasons that people don't always eat, you know, want to eat fresh foods is not even because they're not interested or doesn't look tasty to them but some some of the people we had coming to us had you know like pretty serious dental issues
3: mm. um so mm-hmm. it's like you know they're
2: like i can't like bite into a fresh carrot because like right. you know my like i just can't from like a physical perspective right. and you're like oh well that makes total sense so you know it's like well you know what could i do to help you you know like if we cooked it a different way or mm-hmm. you know what can we do that would help you be able to enjoy this thing as opposed to just being like here why aren't you eating this right um <laughs>
0: Oh, interesting. Oh, very good. Yeah. Wow. So what do you consider your biggest success?
2: I am really proud of the, uh, the 2016 National Children and Youth Garden Symposium that we put on this year. Uh, that was in Columbia, South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I think you know, we've talked a little bit during this conversation about sort of the academic side of things and right. sort of the like feeling side of things. And I think there was just a really... Good feeling of uh, community there, and I think especially just with some of the current events that are going on right now, um, I really enjoyed, I'm from the South originally, and I really enjoyed being able to show people kind of this really, like, vibrant, positive, like, ho- like side of the South, and it was just, like, Southern mm-hmm. hospitality, you know, uh-huh. everyone was so excited to show off their different garden projects and, like, the work that they were doing and just to share that with people, um, and I realized I was talking to one of our attendees and they were like, it's amazing here. You know, everyone's just like sharing their lesson plans and giving mm. away for free, like their resources. And I never even really thought about it uh-huh. cause, you know, in my head, it's like, of course you do that. You know, you just, yeah. we're all working towards the same thing. And right. she was like, it's amazing. You know, they're just giving them away for free. <laughs> yeah,
0: It's not like that in, in parts of the world.
2: Yeah. Not, exactly. And I'm not talking,
0: and I'm not talking geographically. I'm talking just in general. It's, it's not that way. And so it's always, that's always refreshing. So that's cool.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah, it was just a very, it was a neat event that way. And I think just showing people some of the the different new projects that are going on there and, uh, some of the, the events that we were able to do, just mm-hmm. things that were like a little bit different. Um,
0: like what? And,
2: yeah. <laughs> one thing we did, uh, so one of our keynotes this year was actually a play. Um, which was interesting because wow. I, I, I come at things sometimes, I think, from a more academic perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, so, our executive director brought up this idea. He's like, it was uh, a woman, Kayoani Lee, and she does this one woman play that she wrote and she performs herself about the life of Rachel Carson. Um,
3: oh, wow. You know,
2: yeah, it's, it's amazing. Um, but, you know, sort of uh, surrounding the writing of Silent Spring and the reaction following Silent Spring. And uh, he brought it up, and I was like, you know, it's kind of different. It seems a little, you know, risk riskier in some uh-huh. ways, you know, because because it's, it's just, you know, it's like you, you're like, I know that it'll work if we get someone to come up and talk for 60 minutes about, yeah. you know, garden projects. Um, but it was it just was amazing. A, it was a
0: huge success, wasn't it? I can feel it.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was. Um, I mean, I think we got in our like we do we send out evaluations to people after and Uh that was probably one of the things we got the most comments about
0: yeah i'll bet
2: yeah i think again it's just that sort of that feeling part of things where it just gave Mm -hmm. people like so much inspiration in a way that you know talking about like numbers and that kind of thing doesn't can't necessarily get to (laughs) what was
0: what was her name
2: kaiulani lee it's uh k-a-i-u-l-a-n-i and then her last name is L-E-L-E-E.
0: Wow, I'll bet you yeah. she's on YouTube. I got to go check that out because that sounds spectacular.
2: Yeah, it's amazing. Like she is one of the few people who's ever had like full access to all of Rachel Carson's writings.
0: Oh
3: my gosh. Um,
2: yeah. So like the entire play is based off of like actual quotes from her letters uh-huh. and diaries, and it's really powerful. So,
0: cool. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. So what what drives you?
2: I really, yeah, you know, I really enjoy cre- I was thinking about this and, you know, I guess obviously that depends on what kind of project I'm thinking about, mm-hmm. but, you know, kind of thinking about education, I just really genuinely enjoy um, creating meaningful educational experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a big part of that for me is, you know, obviously I have my issues that I think are important for people to learn about. You know, uh-huh. I think it's important for people to learn where their food comes from and to enjoy nature and that sort of thing but um yeah i think the big thing for me is just really getting people engaged with the world around them and giving them experiences that make them you know that give them a love of learning because i think if they have that then they're going to go out and find what engages them right. um and what excites them
3: mm-hmm.
2: and uh you know sometimes people you know they're not it you People aren't always, you know, even excited about just, like, learning. And I think if you can sort of spark that in them and find what sparks them and right. help them find that, yeah. um, that's really what it's all about at the end this of the day.
0: Nice. Yeah. So speaking of education, I have to know, is there a book or maybe two that have been significantly influential for you in this process?
2: Yeah, it's a really hard one because uh, I, I love books and, um, you know, I spend a lot of time reading, but um, I think one would maybe be the book My Side of the Mountain, actually, which is a, is a children's book, uh, or it's like a young adult book, mm-hmm. um, but, you know, I, I read it when I was little, and I think that, you know, I grew up in a kind of suburban area outside of a big city, and just as a kid, like, reading about, you know, this this other kid who goes out, you know, into the wild, so to say, and just... You know, the book is really about, like, sort of problem-solving and resourcefulness and relating to nature. Uh-huh. Yeah, you know, in a lot of ways. And that was just so exciting and inspiring to me. Um, and it's like, you know, I want to be that kid. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I think, you know, that's sort of, that's something that kind of got me, you know, helped build that spark for, you know, the natural world and yeah. just those types of things. Um, nice. Yeah. You know.
0: Nice. So what one final piece of advice do you have for our listeners?
2: You know, I think uh, just, I would say stay stay curious and, you know, stay keep a positive attitude about everything and mm. um, just just be flexible because things don't always turn out <laughs> how you want to be, how, yeah. you, how you would imagine them. But I would say if you can do those things, if you have a positive attitude about things, you know, everything is uh, – Everything's a learning experience and everything is something that you'll get something good out of. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, thank you so much for joining us on the show and sharing your experience with us today, Ping. It has been a treat chatting with you.
2: Well, thank you so much for having, having me and for the opportunity.
0: Absolutely. So how can our listeners get a hold of you, find out more about the symposium and the gardening awards and, you know, like that?
2: Yeah. Um, the best place to start would be the American Horticultural Society website, which is www.ahs.org. Okay. Um, and if they wanted to learn specifically about the symposium, it's ahs.org/ncygs. I know it's a a fun acronym.
0: <laughs> uh, Nc.
2: Uh, Ygs.
0: Y G S N C All right. Cool. Yeah. Cool, cool. Well, thank you so much. And that's it for today. Thanks for joining us on the Urban Farm Podcast. Thank you. Do you want to save money at the grocery store, eat more organic, whole foods, cultivate food security, and feel more connected to the earth? If so, then growing your own food is a no-brainer. You wouldn't believe how many people come to me claiming that they can't grow their own food Remember, that's GARDEN to 44222 or Iwanttogarden.com.
1: We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Urban Farm Podcast. Remember to listen three days a week for tips, advice, and resources to help you on your journey with urban farming. You can find us on the web at urbanfarm.org or send us an email to podcast at urbanfarm.org.